Hey Dragons, welcome to episode 68 of the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. This episode is with actor David Lewis. He was in Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency on the BBC. I hope you've all had a chance to watch that because it is absolutely amazing and hilarious and it's just one of the greatest shows. Uh, I can't stop raving about it. He was also in friend of the podcast, Laura Atkins, The Goodnight Kiss. So, so be sure to check out uh, some of David's other stuff. And yeah, hope you enjoy the conversation this time. The Dumbbells and Dragons podcast is a member of the Almost Better Podcast Network, and it's powered by Pinecast. Workout nerd out. In the basement, rolling dice. Rolling dice. I'm a wizard. When we play, we do it right. Candles flicker. Fighting dragons in my mind. In my mind. Just for kicks. DM says you're gonna die. Roll a D. Welcome back, Dragons, to another episode of the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. Today's episode is with actor David Lewis, who is in one of my more recent favorite shows, Dirk Gently Holistic Detective Agency. And he does have quite the IMDB. And he was also recently in a short made by friend of the podcast, Laura Atkin. David, how are you, man? I'm good, brother. I'm good. Thank you very much. I'm in the... um... Vancouver, BC, up in the mighty Canada. Uh, you know, your uh, your upstairs neighbor. I hope we're not too loud up here because we do. You know, we like to wear our boots when we walk around. <laughs> I believe that's just the sound of you know freedom. <laughs> oh, is that what that freedom sounds like? Yes. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah, we love it. That's great. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's good, man. It's good up here. Or it could just be Justin Trudeau's charisma oozing <laughs> down south. There's a lot, he oozes. Uh, yeah, that is the, that's the one way to describe him, for sure. It's so damn good looking, isn't he? Right? <clears throat> I, I, I think there should be a rule about politicians being that good looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, you guys have figured it out, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, um, first question, man, how did you get started acting? What's, what's your origin story? How, how did you come to be who you are today? Yeah. Oh, origin story. I was bit by a radioactive teacher, that drama teacher. That'd be awesome. Um, uh, yeah, man, in, um, you know, I, I did drama in elementary school and then I got to high school and, uh, in, you know, just was sort of taking a bunch of different courses and, and wasn't taking drama for whatever reason. And then I think in grade 10, uh, I was like, wow, drama could be kind of a cool, easy thing to do. Uh, thinking it would just be kind of like an easy elective to have and uh, whatever. And then I, so I, I, I started uh, taking drama in school and it turned out I was pretty good at it actually. And I really enjoyed it. And uh, it was something that really sort of sparked me creatively. Um, and uh, so I was lucky that when I graduated high school, uh, Vancouver was just starting to boom with um, you know X Files and uh, Outer Limits and all that sort of stuff that was being shot up here, and uh, it was getting very busy. So uh, you know, I left high school and got myself a job, job. But at the same time, I was you know doing independent films and short films and uh, lots of commercials. It, I was non-union at the time, and so non-union commercials. There's a lot of those. They, they save money and uh, shooting that way. So. Yeah, I learned a lot about being on camera um, uh, just by working. That's actually one of the things whenever I come in and if, I, if I'm if i guest teaching in a class or talking to young actors, I'm like, 
class is great, but you're just going to learn so much more in the practical world. So get out there. Even if you're not, even if you're doing a job where you're not getting paid, just get out there and, and act. I mean, it's so easy nowadays. You can shoot stuff on your iPhone for crying out loud. I didn't have that available to me when I was younger. So yeah, and uh, I've been making, I've been doing it for about 25 years and making a living at it for 17. That's excellent. And the fact that you are, I know there are so many actors and actresses who would love to be able to say that, you know, this is what pays their bills, that they can make a livable life, livable earnings off of this. So I think that's a huge thing. But what you said that really got me that I, I really kind of picked up on was that you kind of made a decision about what you wanted to do and then you went and you did it. Yeah. Yeah. So it was interesting. Like, you know, I went through some different things. So I used to work at this store called London Drugs. It was like, a, I don't know, kind of like a Walmart type of store up here in, in uh, Vancouver. And um, I used to tell people all the time, they're like, oh, so you're going to work here? I'm like, no, no, I'm an actor. I'm an actor. I used to, you know, just call myself an actor all the time. But then I realized when I was younger, I wasn't really, I wasn't really acting. I wasn't really pursuing it as much as I should have been. So I, I made a conscious decision after a couple of years, like I didn't call myself an actor anymore. I just said, Oh, I just, I just, I just work here. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to be an actor or whatever, but I, I, I realized that I kind of wasn't giving it the respect that I should have been. And I just kind of thought, Oh, actor sounds cool. You know, you tell girls are like, Oh really? Am I they were like, what are you in? Well, I haven't really done anything for a while, but I was like, no, wait a second. If this is something that I'm going to do, I really have to like treat it with respect because I think, I think a lot of times with this industry, whether it's acting, writing, directing, whatever that is, it can become very ethereal. It's like, it's just something that happens on TV and it's, it's something that you can't really do because, you know, to do it, you have to like be in Hollywood or you have to be like this star. And it's like, no, there's lots of different levels of how this can be done. You could be a character actor or, uh, you know, somebody who vacillates between the lead and character and, and, um, you know, smaller parts and everything. If it's something you really want to do, then yeah, you need to work at it. And and actually I was talking with uh, Laura, my girl today, and we were talking about, you know, how, how much, um, energy some people put into this career. And a lot of times they don't put enough into it and they just kind of, you know, things come easy to them when they're younger and then it, suddenly it goes away. It's like, well, where, what, what happened? I, I had this career going on and what, what happened? Well, you were kind of coasting along. A lot of times it's like, I, I really believe that it's, you know, it's about 20% talent and the 80% how hard you're going to outwork the other person just for having an audition. And then suddenly you're going to go for dinner with your friends or you're going to go partying and then you get an audition that, that's for the, you're going to be the, for the next day and you get it at six o'clock at night. What are you going to do? Are you going to drop everything? and work on this audition or are you going to go out and like come home and work on the audition about midnight or try to get up early and work on it well if you do that that's awesome but there's somebody else who didn't go out and has been spending that whole night working on it because they realize that how important it is it's their career and everything so you're already you're already like behind the eight ball if if you're going to like live your life that way or or or, or roll your career that way because there's always people that that really really want it badly it's how bad do you want it as well No, that's absolutely true. And I believe there's a saying, it's when you're not training, somebody somewhere is, and when you meet him or her, he will win. Always. And so it's, it's very much that 
when you're not focusing on your craft, when you're not focusing on whatever it is that you want to be the best at, somebody else is. And of course. they're going to get the job you want. They're going to get, you know, they're going to get the opportunities that you want. And ultimately, if you let that happen enough, they're going to live the life that you want to live. Absolutely. But, you know, some people, I think that um, they're not able to, like, hold that mirror up to themselves and really take responsibility for that whether it's work ethic or, or whatever it is, and they just kind of blame or, you know, well, you know, I just didn't get the breaks or, oh, you know, the world's against me. Dude, you got it. You create your own breaks. These are all like, these are all total cliches that you I've heard over the years, whether they're talking to a CEO or an actor or an athlete. Yeah. You know, uh, talent will, you know, it will rise to the top, but if, if you don't respect it and, and, and work hard with it, you'll just be, uh, 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 one of those, well, where are they now? No, oh, absolutely. And I really, I really believe that. I really, I really truly believe that. And, and, and as my career has gone on longer, it's like, I, I see it more and more. I see the people that in the industry that, you know, might've been more talented than me, better looking than me. Like they're not acting anymore. They just kind of gave up because it, it, it got hard. It was easy. Then it got hard. Well, that's, that's, that's another kind of cliche. It's when things get hard, when things get, you know, when your back's up against the wall, what are you going to do? Right. Are you going to bust through and just keep fighting or are you just going to kind of back away and, and shrink into nothing? Because honestly, with this industry and whatever industry you're in, it doesn't care. It's not like a sentient being where it's like, well, yeah, I'll teach you. It's like, no, there's no, it's just going to keep moving forward. And if you're not there... If you're not going to step in and keep working hard, someone else, there's a lineup of people, you know, miles long that are willing to step in and, and try to do something with that opportunity that they get. So to, to think that to, you know, to actors are like, oh, I don't know, like they, they, they take it personal. They're just like, well, it's, you know, it's not working for me. And it's like, well, if it's not working, then try something else. Like, like even in the, in the same industry, if, you, if it's not, then try, read a book on writing, create your own material. Um, I don't know, just do something rather than complaining because complaining is going to get you nowhere. Oh, absolutely. And nobody wants to hear it. And then they're going to, yeah. And then they're going to think, why do I want to be around this person? They complain all the time. Yeah. Yeah. There's just, there's no, I I don't know how it, um, how that helps anybody at all. I mean, these are all, these are all just, they're, 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 they're total cliches, but a lot of cliches come from the truth. That's why they've, they've been, they've been created in the first place because you know, it's been, Enough people know it. Yeah, that's just that's that's true. So, when in your mind did you make it, or have you reached that point yet, where you're like, "This is it. I can do this for the rest of my life." Well, I mean, I think it was. I don't know. I, I don't really know. This, this is. See, the thing is with the acting industry. I don't know what making it looks like. I guess, you know, you could say that maybe Tom Cruise made it. Like, you know, he, he basically can open up any movie and it's, you know, his name his name makes things happen. Um, but there's a guy who works harder than anybody. Yeah. Um, uh, you, you know, you, you want to think he's crazy or not. That guy works hard. Uh, so I don't know. I, I don't know if I could really say um, if, if I – ever made it or if I'm going to make it I'm not quite sure what that looks like but I I, I do know that in 1999 I ended up um, 
Uh, I'll sort of just—it's a little bit of a longer story, but I'll just—I'll try to make it kind of quick. So I, I made—I made this short film called Shoes Off uh, here in Vancouver, and uh, we got accepted to the Cannes Film Festival, the actual Cannes Film Festival, not the Cannes Film Corner, which a lot of films get accepted to, but it's not really part of the Cannes Film Festival. Um, and so the director was like, "You're going to come with me to the to the festival." I'm like, "Oh, absolutely, absolutely." Now, I've made a lot of short films over the years since then, and, you know, I've submitted some of my own, and the shorts I've worked on, they've been submitted, and nobody ever gets in. It's so difficult to get in to Cannes. It's just, it's it's crazy. So we get in, and he's like, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to come with me. You're gonna, I'm like, absolutely, I'm going to fly over. About a week and a half before we're supposed to fly out, my agent calls me, and she's like, you got that job. I'm like, oh, my God. I got, like a regular on a TV series, like my first regular where I was going to be working five days a week. It was a show called Hope Island. Um, again, this is back in 99. It's quite a few years ago. So I called the director and I'm like, I can't go. He's like, what are you talking about? You promised me. Like, I mean, no, I know. So I don't go, but I start working on this, this TV series and it's amazing. It changes my life. I'm now a working actor and you know, I, I'm sitting in a coffee shop uh, a couple blocks away from set early in the morning, and one of the actors comes in like, hey, how's it going? Good. And she grabs her coffee, and she's like, okay, well, I'll see you at work. And I was like, I'll see you at work. Yeah, this is my job. Like, this is my job. So that was like a real sort of light bulb moment for me. But the, the funny thing about the short film is uh, about two weeks later, the director comes back from Cannes, and He's totally jet lagged. And I'm like, hey, how did it go? He's like, oh, it was great. It was great. He's like, yeah, it was really cool. And he's, we're sort of talking for a couple minutes. I'm like, so, you know, did we? He's like, yeah, yeah, we won. I'm like, oh, cool. What did we win? It's like the best short film. I'm like, what? Oh, yeah, we won the best short film at the Cannes Film Festival. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, $50,000, like worldwide press. I mean, we made this film in Vancouver and he couldn't get an interview. Like nobody cared that we'd made this film. And he couldn't. He came back. Every news uh, agency in Vancouver and and you know L.A. and New York were trying to like get a hold of him to talk to him. It's a beautiful film. It's called Shoes Off, and I we just I just watched it again last night with my girl. Um, and it's 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 a great film. But it was like, oh my gosh, I missed out on this amazing adventure over in in the south of France, but to have this other amazing adventure here in Vancouver. But I guess that's when I kind of uh, I, I realized that I uh, that was a big shift for me. Uh, where I went to actually like calling myself an actor, um, oh. even though you don't have to make a living as an actor to be an actor. For me, that was like a big shift. Yeah, and that actually that actually is very much kind of it's it's it actually goes back to kind of who you said you are on the inside, where it's like okay, you could have gone and had this amazing time, you know, in, in France, but then you would have come back and you might have missed out on this other opportunity. I think sure. both would have been absolutely incredible, absolutely amazing, but was one going to get you to your ultimate goal? Yeah, and it's all part of the journey. Like, I was very disappointed that I couldn't go over with him just yeah. because I knew how difficult, uh, you know, I knew even back then I knew it was pretty amazing that we'd gotten into this film festival. But... You know, on the other hand, I had this amazing adventure and learned so much, you know, being on set 12 hours a day, five days a week. Like I learned, you know, that it wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't a sprint. It was a marathon, you know, just learning how to conserve your energy, learning how to, you know, character arcs and all this sort of stuff. And um, that was a big, big shift for me. It was one of the most 
amazing years of my life just as far as personal growth goes. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, so there's, it's, there's kind of this yin and yang of, you know, there's, it's like, I, you know, I had to give something up, but I got something in return. And, you know, I'm a big believer in that in my career. It's like, there's times when I've had, I've been on hold for a job and I didn't get it. And then two weeks later I got like a bigger job. Now it doesn't happen all the time, but it seems the more that I'm able to just surrender to how it's, how my career is going. And that doesn't mean, you know, not being proactive. It just means that, you know, rather than, uh, you know, sweating the small stuff, it's like, Hey man, like it's just, again, life doesn't care. Just keep on moving, you know, keep trying to move forward and, and, and see what you can create and see what lies uh, ahead for you rather than just getting all worked up about this thing that didn't work out. And then are, are you going to hold on to that for, like days, weeks, months, years. Is that really the, the thing that, Oh, that one regret. I don't have any regrets, man. Like it's in the past. It's like totally in the rear view. I got to keep moving forward like a shark. Yeah. yeah. What, what, what can you do? You can't change it. So why focus on it, learn from it and move forward? Absolutely. And that is a, I've been very fortunate. I don't know whatever, if it's just in my DNA or whatever that I've never, it's never been something that I've had to really worry about. And I'm always very surprised when, you know, I'm talking to a friend and, and they're like, yeah, I just still, if I'd only like, wow, you talk about, you know, like I've known you for 10 years and you still talk about that. It's like, it's, it's, I don't know where, I don't know how that uh, helps you. Like what's just, you know, what, where, where, where are you learning or growing from that? I don't, I don't get that, but everyone's yeah. on their own journey, I guess. That's absolutely true. And we, you know, we, we, we don't know what stage of their journey they're in and what other things they're going through. Sure. Um, and so I am really excited to just look up shoes off and I'll take a gander at it. Is it available online at all or is it? Is... It is. So the director has got a website, Mark Sawyers, S-A-W-E-R-S. Um, and I think he's got four uh, shorts on there that you can uh, take a look at and, and shoes off is one of them. And it's um, it's it's one of these. I think the re I think one of the reasons that it did so well over there is it. It's a film like you know it has dialogue in it, but it's a it's a film that you could definitely turn the sound down and totally understand the story. Okay, hundred percent. That's um, excellent. I'm looking yeah. for, I'm looking forward to checking it out. Yeah, it's really really good. It's really strong. It holds up. I mean, it's you know we shot it on 35 back in the day, and I remember, you know, I think on the in the last three hours of shooting, like he just had like 20 or 30 foot ends of 35 mil like we put it in for one take we were like okay we got it like we got we got enough for 17 seconds of film just put it in and we'll just shoot you know just shoot it shoot you know, we were shooting a big party scene that was our, our last day but um yeah you know it was there was a lot of pressure because you're shooting on um you know you're shooting shooting on 35 and it's not <laughs> you don't just get to shoot all day long and yeah you pulled in a lot of favors and everything. but yes very very proud of it. it's a very it's a very good film yeah can can I move into a, just a completely different genre, totally different type of film? Because I was looking up your IMDb, and you were in a short called Requiem for a Chud. <laughs> and I'm assuming Chud is the 70s horror movie cannibalistic humanoid underground dweller. Yes, correct. It warms the souls of my heart. <laughs> and your feet and my feet that you were in a movie relating to Chud. That is one of my, mine and my friends. We used to have crappy horror movie night where we would just yeah. have a six pack of beer and watch bad horror movies. Yeah. So how did you even come across this? What happened? What's the story there? 
It was, um, I believe it was for the 48-hour horror film festival. Um, you know, every city's got one of these where it's the, you know, it's the 24-hour film festival or the 48-hour or the 72, you know, whatever it is. And um, it's um, it's one of these ones where you, you enter with your team and uh, just before like you know just be like so if, if it's 48 hours just before your 48 hours starts you'll get a package and you open the package and it'll be like genre uh prop and a line that you have to incorporate into the story so uh i believe that uh it's been a few years now but i believe that um I believe that they they gave us the horror genre, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Uh, I, it was certainly they gave us the the line, which I can't remember. I've done a lot of stuff, man, and you know I'm usually drunk through most of it. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. Honestly, I'm not. No. Uh, for afterwards, sure, but when I'm on, you know, when it's time to work, it's time to work. Uh, but yeah, it was fun, and I so I didn't really know what Chud was, and I had to be told, and I was like, oh, okay, because I'm not a huge horror buff, like you know I. I, you know, I, I, I get like, you know, the big, the big boys, like, you know, the Dracula and Frankenstein, the mummy creature from the Black Lagoon and everything. But I didn't know, you know, like sort of the exact, exactly the 70s kind of exploitation or underground stuff where it's like, oh, wow. And these guys were very committed to and they were huge fans of it. And they just, you know, more blood, the better. And just all this sort of you know, like pulling, eating babies. I'm like, holy shit, what are we doing? But, you know, it's like. They're like they're they're just they sound just like you right there. They're giggling as we're making it. I'm like, okay, cool. No, um, I like it's it's the it's the chuds, it's the killer clowns from outer space. Sure, like those are some of my like guilty pleasures. I absolutely love them. One of my favorite times was I was getting ready to watch a movie with a buddy of mine, and I was like, oh, we're gonna watch Hobo with a Shotgun, <laughs> and and he looks at me and he goes, oh, what's it about? <laughs> And I was like, well, it's not a rom-com. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I was like, really buddy? Oh God, you're so dense. No. But, um, no. So how did you get involved with Dirk Gently? Which I just think Max Landis did such an amazing job with that. So, Agreed. I think he's kind of this crazy genius. And, you know, and he, he's got, you know, he comes from a Hollywood pedigree is, you know, dad, John Landis, um, American Werewolf in London and the Blues Brothers and, you know, all these different. I think he did Animal House as well, I want to say. Um, but so I because I'm a big comic book kid, um, you know, every Wednesday I go to a comic book store with my son and we go we check it out, we, you know, buy all our stuff and the whole bit. And so I knew of him. I knew of Max Landis even before Dirk Gently ever came along. And so I would, I would look at some of his blogs, and you know he does these video blogs, and he's talking about you know how he would do uh, Batman versus you know or, or a Justice League movie. And it's like wow, his ideas are crazy, but they're actually really interesting. And you know he did he wrote that movie Chronicle, yes, which was a fantastic found footage film. Um, and so. You know, I go in for this audition and uh, I get the information from my agent and I hadn't heard of Dirk Gently. I knew who Douglas Adams was, but I didn't know Dirk Gently. So I looked it up like, oh, OK, get it. It's kind of a everything's interconnected, but, you know, not really kind of knowing the scope of it. Um, and I saw his name and I was like, oh, cool. I know who that guy is. Uh, you know, I looked him up again and he's got like this crazy rainbow haircut head shaved on one side with this big thing of rainbow hair on the other. And. Okay, right on. So I go to the audition and I'm in the green room just kind of waiting. And 
uh, boom, I, I see this guy get out of a car across the street and I see that hair. I'm like, oh my God, there he is. Like, it's, you can't miss this guy. He's like six, seven with this big thing of rainbow hair. And I'm like, right on. He just, he just blows into the room. He's like, Hey, how's it going? I'm like, okay, good. So he goes into the room and it's my turn to go in for the audition. And, uh, in the, in, in Dirk Gently, I play this kind of bumbling FBI agent who's in my, in my brain, I, I made that it was just the first time he's ever been in the field. Uh, he's always been a, uh, he's always been, uh, a behind the desk kind of guy. And so he's very excited, but he's not quite sure what to do. So I played that in the audition and they loved it. And, you know, I did a couple of things and, um, you know, I didn't, not nothing over the top, but some stuff that they thought was very funny in the whole bit. And so as I was leaving the audition, Max goes, hey, wait a second, can you play a bad guy? And I'm like, uh, yeah. And the casting agent says, oh my gosh, he can play, you know, he's, you know, they, they're, they're going to pump my tires because I'm, I'm local and they'd love to get me hired. And uh, who doesn't love some David Lewis? Uh, <laughs> and so, um, yeah, so then I get the job and at the first read through, I've got all these producers coming up to me going, wow, your part is pretty wild, huh? It's, you got a lot of, you got a lot of work ahead of you. And I'm like, uh, what? Cause there's a big shift with my character uh, and I don't want to like spoil anything. Some people may have not seen it, but there's something very large that happens to my character in episode four, which I had no idea when I went to the first read through. Cause we only, we only read the first two episodes and then they started to explain to me what was going to happen. I was like, Oh, okay. And I didn't know how to play this character. I didn't know, you know, I didn't audition for what happens to this character later on in the series. I only auditioned for who he is at the beginning of the series. So I was really, really overwhelmed with this information. And I was like, cause they didn't know. They're like, I'm like, well, how do you want me to play this character? They're like, well, we don't know. You know, we'll figure it out. And I'm like, we'll figure it out. <laughs> like it's a, an actor doesn't want to hear that. Oh yeah. We'll just figure it out on set when there's 70 people staying around going, Oh, how come this actor doesn't know what he's doing? So, but you know, they, Dirk Gently also has like, you know, 45 cast and there's a lot of moving parts and people are being flown up from LA and people have schedules and conflicts and everything. So, you know, I was just one cog in this giant wheel. Um, but, uh, I'm really proud of my work, man. I'm really proud of the work that I did in the show. I think it's some of the best work I've ever done. And, uh, it was so wild to work on. Oh, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I loved Dirk Gently. I, I definitely had to binge watch it just because I couldn't keep anything straight because it's got, a, like you said, it's got a lot of moving parts, even wow. in the show itself. Um, it's perfect for binge watching. So when when it first, it, it dropped on uh, iTunes and it came out weekly. And so my girl uh, had iTunes, uh, U.S. iTunes, we're up in Canada, but, we, you know, so we had, but she had an account through the U.S., and so it would, it would come out every week and we were watching it and it was really difficult to watch that way because the, the plot is so convoluted and all over the map and things are – and it's much easier to binge watch, you know, to watch two, three, four episodes or all of them, you know, in one night if, if, you, can, if you can pull it off. <laughs> to watch them and then wait a week and then watch and go like, wait a second, who – how did they – wait, how did they get – yeah, it was tough. It was really tough, and so it's it's definitely a binge watching show. And let me just tell you right now, for anybody out there who's watched the first season and is a fan, the second season is going to be insane. Like, I, I, some actors have come to me uh, to ask for uh, some coaching 
because I worked on the first season and they're like, can you good for auditions? You know, some a lot of people audition in this town for it. And I've seen some of the characters are auditioning for. I'm like, what the hell? It is. You have no idea where it's going. (laughs) It's crazy, crazy, dude. That that doesn't surprise me. And like, I will say I'm usually. this, This is your podcast. Like, I'm usually really impressed with the weird, strange things that Landis does, as well as, like, Elijah Wood makes some great choices, like, Wilfred was amazing, this is amazing. Yeah. Um, and just, it's it's one of those shows that I'm like, it's like Douglas Adams' brain come to life. Yeah. Agreed. Oh. Now, I did get some questions from people on the internet to ask you. Yes, the so- carpets match the curtains. <laughs> Good to know. I will make sure I will make sure that we tag that when this goes on social media. Noted. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I also want to get a t-shirt that says who doesn't love some David Lewis. Who doesn't love some David Lewis? Yeah. I don't know. I have not met anyone who doesn't love some David Lewis. And then just on the back, just a blank. Just, you know, just a blank with a period because there's you can't even you can't even. I just can't even. You can't even. <laughs> so, uh our buddy Chess Hall at Chess underscore Hall asks, how do you make long-term goals in an unpredictable career like show business? Yeah, that's, that's a intense. good question. Uh, that's a good question. And I don't know. I mean, you listen, goals are really important. And it's important to have goals. Otherwise, I think that you just kind of you're just all over the map and you don't really have a um, a path but especially in this industry you never know where this like you you can have an idea of what your path is going to be and then wait a second how did i end up in baltimore shooting this tv series or how did i end up you know in egypt working on some crazy movie with ridley scott so you know you can try and have like a a career path with goals is pretty much going to change from what you thought it was going to be. You know, I really thought that I would have to go to L.A. to make a living as an actor, and I was prepared to do that, and then I don't know what happened, but apparently I got pregnant and now have children. I don't know how that happened. I'm still, I've got a four-man team working around the clock to try to figure that one out for me. Um, But, you know, yeah, I think it's important to have long-term goals, but just be realistic in the fact that, you know, Maybe the timeline gets extended or maybe that goal of what you thought was your goal. It's like, no, I want to, my goal is to be, you know, a huge star. Okay. Well, that is one way to look at it. Um, or, or, you know, my, I will only measure success if I win an Academy Award. Okay. Well, that's another way to look at it. But as you get older and as things change, maybe success for you means uh, creating your own TV show or, uh, being a regular on a TV show or creating a pod, you know, like Kevin Smith. I'm a big ca- fan of Kevin Smith. And um, I don't necessarily love his movies, but I can listen to that guy talk all day long. I love the fact that he's a feminist. I love the fact that he's intelligent. I love the fact that he smokes weed. I mean, I'm not a huge uh, dope smoker myself, but, you know, he does all of these things. What he thought his career was going to be and what it is now are two entirely different things. And he's ma- he's making a living out of 
being almost like a Q&A guy and, and hosting podcasts and just, you know, he, the films he makes now are entirely for himself. And I love that he's able to take the power back from his career and just do whatever he wants. So I'm not quite sure if I answered the question, but um, it's somewhere in there is, is, no. is some sort of answer. Well, yeah. what I took away from that is, A, you have to adjust your goals based on where you are. And as well as you need to you need to define success as according to you. Right. You know? Like for me personally, I define success and this is going to sound a little weird, but going to the grocery store and not worrying about what things cost. Great. Love it. Yeah. Because like, oh, like if I want, if I want to pick up a couple steaks for dinner or if I pick up, you know, if I'm having a busy week and I need to pick up Red Bulls, I don't want to have to worry. Is it on sale or this, that or the other thing? Right. Yeah. That's, and that's, and that's all personal to you. And so, oh, that, yeah. and, and again, that might've changed, you know, when you're 20 and when you're 30 and when you're, you know, like with, with age comes wisdom and life experience. And so goals are going to change. Like what you thought was important when you were 20, pretty much guarantee it's going to be different when you're 40. I'm pretty sure my goals when I was 20 was where am I getting beer tonight? Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I wonder uh, when I'm hungover tomorrow, where will I? Okay, I'll go to that coffee shop. Right, that was that was a big goal. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it, it is difficult in this business because it is such an unpredictable business, uh, and I can guarantee you that everybody in this business, their goals changed. You know, Spielberg, Tom Hanks, whoever, uh, George Clooney, their goals changed from when they were 20 to when they were 30 to when they were 40. Um, now, obviously, the more success you have. Uh, you're pro it's probably easier for you to achieve some of these goals. But, um, you know, I don't know when Ben Affleck, when he first started off, I don't know if he thought that he was going to be winning Academy Awards for, uh, directing films. Um, you know, he probably maybe just wanted to be an actor. So it, it it's always changing. It's always changing and you never, you never know what it's going to look like. No, absolutely. And it's, that's, it's important to, Play to your strengths and don't let outside forces determine what you define successful. Right, which is difficult. Oh, yeah. Especially now where, you know, the internet is just constantly telling us... <laughs> We're not good enough. Know, yeah, exactly, right? The people trolling and all this sort of stuff and just like, oh, I, I, it's, it's why, you know... Again, back to a, a Kevin uh, Smith thing, it's like why... I don't want to like, I don't want to pull people down, I want to elevate them. You know, that's way more interesting to me. Um, in this business, it can be difficult because the schadenfreude in this business, which I don't know if, if any of your viewers don't know what that word means. It's the, uh, the, French, uh, the, the German word meaning uh, enjoying other people's failure. Um, there can be a real, uh, uh, a real thing around that in this business, like uh, have, seeing somebody else succeed versus when they fail, it's like, oh, well, they fail. Well, yeah, you know, of course they did because this, this, and this. When they succeed, it's like you really have to look at your own life and go, well, how come they're doing better than me? And, like, oh, they just are. It has nothing to do with you. Why are you making it about you? Um, just, you know, you're only on your own path. You just got to keep on, you know, you got to stay true to that. And, and I guess if you – the danger is measuring yourself versus other people. is always a very dangerous thing to do. No, absolutely. And it's – I think that's one of the surefire ways – to constantly be disappointed. Yeah. Now, I, I do 
This is an even more serious question. Holy shit. I know, right? How can we get deeper? Right now, yeah. Our good friend at side um his Twitter handle is at sidequestfm is a hot dog a sandwich. Well, Mr. Sidequest, you are these are the hard hitting is a hot dog a sandwich. Holy smokes. I mean it it's it's definitely taking a different shape than a sandwich. Although there is, you know, some people do call uh um you know the the subway do you guys know what a subway like is it, yes. is it, is it like so they, I, I have heard that called a subway sandwich and that is the same shape as a hot dog yes in the uh, in the in the tube form um and there are like first we would have to agree on the definition of a sandwich because then if you are into greek or middle eastern food you have the pita sandwich oh my god I just like I first of all I just you know um in the movies where you'll come into a room and like the detective will have all these pictures with like thread attaching them all and it's just like it's all this like how to, like this is what's happening right now I've got I've got an abacus two graphs and uh yeah a big poster board and I'm just uh, trying to attach all this sort of stuff and it is really not making any sense at all I'm looking at it right now I don't like I don't even know why I have all this stuff in my apartment I'm going to say no I'm going to say no it is not a sandwich okay yeah see I, I'm going to respectfully disagree I'm going to say it is a sandwich it's okay this is this is what makes the world go round that we have different opinions yes absolutely I mean I'm never going to talk to you again because of this but I wouldn't blame you <laughs> let's hear your reasoning why it is a sandwich because I feel that you have the global definition of sandwich that is essentially like something between two slices of bread. Right. And if you take a hot dog and you cut it in half and then you put it between two slices of white bread, like regular white bread, it becomes a sandwich. It does. So if you then put it in a hoagie roll... Like a, like like you get at a subway, which is essentially right. what a hot dog bun is. Right. It's still kind of a sandwich. Now, I think it's and I I this is the the closest definition I can I can get, but it's very similar to. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna get the internet's gonna hate me on this. <laughs> <laughs> you have the blanket. The blanket definition of Christian is person who believes in Christ. So right. you have the Catholics, the Protestants, and the Mormons. But Catholics will sometimes say, no, I'm not Christian. I'm a Catholic. Right. So it's some people will be like, no, I'm not a sandwich. I'm a hot dog. Whereas I think a hot dog could fall under the greater umbrella definition of sandwich. All right, so I, I hear what you're saying. Let me counter with this. You go to Fenway Park in Boston, and you walk up to a hot dog vendor, and you say, uh, give me two sandwiches. How many times do you think he's going to punch you? One for each sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be twice. <laughs> Excellent. Yes. You, you know what? I'm just checking off that you got that one correct. <laughs> uh I gotta say thank you to at SideQuestFM for that one. That was a that was a very very wonderful question. 
Well played. <laughs> so you said earlier that you and your kid every Wednesday will go to the comic book shop, pick out some, mm-hmm. pick out some comics. What are you currently reading? Uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm loving anything by Scott Snyder right now, who, uh, had a very, very long run on, uh, Batman. Um, he's a fantastic writer. It's just really, really interesting stuff. And he's coming out with, uh, uh, a new series called metal. It's sort of going to encapsulate the whole DC universe. Um, Mark Millar, who's a Scottish um, a writer who was the creator of uh, um, um, oh my gosh with Hit Girl. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm blanking here. The the superhero oh, Kick Ass. Kick Ass. Thank you very much. So he uh, Jupiter's Children. Uh, he it's a, is a comic that he's writing right now with Frank Quietly, uh, who's uh, also a Scottish artist who i love his art so much it's so it's so beautiful uh that's the series that i'm really into he's also another series called reborn uh which is fantastic and yeah and it just you know depends on you know what's happening my son loves hellboy he's a huge hellboy fan i was a hellboy fan i introduced him to it so he's really into hellboy uh he loves anything to do with the alien franchise um, he wants to go see Covenant. Uh, he's just like he can. He just loves all it. He's like Dad, Xenomorphs and this and that, and he just the whole canon of it. I'm like, wow, you really, you know, 14 year old. He's just he's really gotten it. Yeah. So you know, like I'm I'm kind of you know probably the big two, a lot of the big two, which is DC and Marvel, uh, and just you know stepping into uh, that depending on um, John Romita Jr. I love his art. Uh, he's he's kind of old school but um yeah so just yeah. I, I just it brings me like just going in to a comic store on a wednesday when is a whole new batch and sometimes you go in it's like wow there is nothing here for me today but there's the possibility like oh i didn't know that was going to be released today because i don't i don't like to look ahead i don't like to find out what's coming i like to be surprised when i walk in because it's kind of old school for me uh, you know, again, going to the comic store before the internet is like, I didn't know what was going to be released when it was going to be released. You just go and go, oh man, yeah, Brave and the Bold, or oh, it's Marvel team up far out. So to, just to have that kind of, uh, <laughs> to have that excitement where you go and it's like, wow, did not expect this. And then here it is. That's, that's awesome. I know it's, it is one of my favorite things going into the comic book shop. Uh, but I'm, I'm the exact opposite. I'm constantly looking on Amazon to see when things are being released. Right. Cool. I have, I have dreams sometimes where like I go to a garage sale and there'll be all of these comics and I'll be like, oh. And, and like the person's practically giving them away. And then I'll wake up and I'll be like, oh, my life is so shitty because that did not happen. <laughs> like I really have about about like finding these comic books, like just boxes of them. Like, oh, my God, I probably got like, I don't know, I probably got about two or three thousand comics in my apartment. And my girlfriend's like, you know, we could get more clothing in the closet. I mean, stop right there, baby. You do not want to go any farther with this conversation. And just get a bigger closet. Right. We Or or I just take some of your clothing out, honey, and then I get more room for my comics. <laughs> uh, but she digs it. I mean, she understands. You know, it, I used to be embarrassed kind of of the whole comic book thing. But it's like, wait a second. Comic book movies are like the nerds are ruling the world. Oh, yeah. We've, we've won. <laughs> we have. We have won. I mean, there's going to be a tipping point where they'll stop for a while. But it'll always be 
it, it'll be like the Western, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll go away for a while, then it'll come back and, you know, it'll come back in a different form or a different format and, you know, uh, they'll turn it on its head and the whole bit, but, uh, it's not slowing down right now. And that Marvel, they can do no wrong. Seriously. Coming uh, poster. That was a little bit brutal. <laughs> I do have a question for you. You were in man of steel. Was that, was that at all like surreal, like growing up DC Marvel kid comic books, and then all of a sudden you're like, I'm on a Superman movie? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the cool thing for me is I did uh, two, I played two different characters on Smallville, uh, which was shot here in, uh, uh, in Vancouver. So I got to play, you know, the TV on the TV uh, Superman world and then in the movie Superman world. Um, so my stuff, I didn't have anything uh, with Superman, but um, all my stuff was at uh, NORAD. But it was cool, man. Like, it was just, you know, up until that point, like, I'd worked on some pretty big stuff, like Day the Earth Stood Still. I think that was about a $180 or $90 million movie. And, like, you get to set, and there's just a ton of trailers, and everything is bigger, and the, 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 the lunch tent is huge, and just everything is just bigger compared to, you know, working on a TV series or, you know, a, a, a movie that's got a five, $10 million budget. But when I got to, um, the Superman set, I had to go in for my fitting and I had to, I ended up having to walk through one of the, the sound stages and just seeing all of the different, you know, like the, 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 the alien spacecraft and the sets. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is big. This is big. So I was lucky enough to work on the last three days of principal production in Vancouver. So they'd been in Vancouver for like two and a half months. And then they were going to go down to, I think they were going to go down to uh, Ed, Edwards Air Force Base, which I believe is in California. Um, so they were going to go down and finish principal photography there. But Zack Snyder wanted to sort of say thank you to um, Vancouver. He's, you know, he's got a love relationship with Vancouver. He did Sucker Punch here. He did The Watchmen here. Uh, um, yeah, those are the two that he did here, did here in Vancouver. So for lunch, it was like, it was, it was ridiculous. The amount of, like, there was a huge sushi buffet. There was a huge, uh, seafood buffet. There was a huge meat buffet. Like there was a huge dessert buffet. There was like so much food we're, we're eating lunch, you know, one in the afternoon, there is a DJ in there just crushing it. Like a big <laughs> thing set up in the tent. You're like, what is on? You set. You tried to like you. I I couldn't. I had like a plate and a half of food. And I'm like, oh, I just want to eat more food. There's so much food here. It was so <laughs> beautifully decadent, but it was his way of. And there was like a huge, two huge Superman cakes. You know, just saying thank you to Vancouver and everything. And um, yeah, it was amazing. That was really cool to be there the last couple of days and just you know just seeing everybody hugging at the end of production and uh, they really. They really, pe people really enjoy working for Zack Snyder. He's a he's a great guy. Like I really have a lot of respect for him. I mean, you know, not every movie that he's making, people are going crazy over. But like he loves he loves that genre. Well, yeah, and I I think part of it is he gets a bad he gets a bad rap. I like everyone I talk to when we like he they're always like oh sucker punch was awful I was like I actually really enjoyed sucker punch mm -hmm. I mean I I don't think it was gonna win any Oscars unless it right. was for like video editing or special effects right but 
the fight scenes are cool. It's an entertaining movie. And um, right now, just I have nothing but love and admiration for Zack Snyder. Yeah. I mean, he loves like, you know how many people tried to adapt the Watchmen? I mean, that was going to be that was going to be you were destined to fail with that. I mean, that that changed the landscape I mean, I got, you know, I would say sort of that and the Dark Knight sort of changed the landscape of comic books back in the 80s. I mean, it just, oh, it just yeah. you, the storytelling in The Watchmen is so cinematic where you start in the top left corner of the page and there's two people talking and there's something in the background that is approaching appro- and approaching, approaching all through the nine panels and takes over the narrative onto the next page. You're like, oh, that was exactly what you would do in a movie. Like that was amazing. That was amazing. So for him and, and, you know, like these characters are so like iconic and everything. And so for, for him to try to pull that off, like, and he tried hard, man. And it, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't hit on every cylinder, but it's a watchable movie. Like he loves those characters. And yeah, I mean, I, I'm a fan. I, I'm, I'm a fan and his stuff visually is, is beautiful. And I mean, well, you know, fingers crossed for Justice League. I really want this to work. I really, really, really want this to work. So we'll see what happens. I know that Joss Whedon is uh, taking over right now, but um, we'll see. Yeah, but I also think it's. I think it's. I like. I. I'm a huge Whedon fanatic. I loved. Mm. I love Joss, and I do think that mostly because he was working on or beginning to work on the Batgirl movie. Mm-hmm. This isn't. This isn't going to become. It isn't going to go from a. Zack Snyder movie to a Joss Whedon movie because not at all. Almost everything is complete. I mean, that movie's coming out in August, mm-hmm. so it's like really there's a little bit of post production that he's right. that he's involved in. Now, I I had read somewhere that he he had actually been working it on he'd actually been working on it longer than we think, but he was very behind the scenes. So I think I think the fact that he I think he had kind of moved over to DC. And was playing in that sandbox for a while. So I don't know if we find out that maybe, you know, maybe he's going to have like a co-writing credit on. I don't know. Like, you know, maybe he came in there and kind of moved some things around. I'm not quite sure. So I'll be very interested to see that um, to see where he uh, so where to, where he ends up in the in the credits. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's going to be I think it's going to be incredibly interesting. I, I want to say that I'm more excited for. Wonder Woman, which will have already come out by the time this airs. So Wonder Woman was amazing. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. I loved it. So powerful. Again, I'm a feminist, man. I love all that stuff. My girlfriend and I, we're taking my daughter. We're like, we're going to the very first weekend. She's like, I got plans. I'm like, not anymore. You don't. 11-year-old girl. You're coming to see Wonder Woman with us. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. We are going to like, we want to go and and make sure that more women are directing movies, high-budget movies. Um, It's getting some good pre reviews i'm excited man i'm excited hell she was one of the best things in batman versus superman when she gets hit and goes flying and skids to a stop and you see that smirk on her face like yeah she's in battle you're like are you kidding me are you kidding me right now oh god it was great yeah it was great she she i i i wasn't a huge fan of batman versus superman uh, agreed But I I will say Batman vs. Superman was a great 15-minute Wonder Woman trailer. So I'm really a trailer in the world, yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 really excited for Wonder Woman. I'm cautiously optimistic because I remember all the 
first reviews of Batman vs. Superman were, this is amazing, this is amazing. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, oh. yeah, the fans got a little too excited. And I think they just, they, they had just been waiting for that story to be told. Well, yeah. And it's also, it's, it's also if you, if you go back when Phantom Menace first came out, all the, all the fan reviews for the, for the previews were, right. oh, this is amazing, new Star Wars, blah, 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 blah. And we now know how we feel about that movie. Of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah. And, and, you know, and again, that's just people getting excited about, I mean, I mean, we're just so lucky that we even get to dislike something like this because 20 years ago, you weren't making any of this stuff. I mean, no. You know, you got to thank John Favreau for just everything. The fact that he took this B character and made it a juggernaut and just like all of this stuff, like, oh, you know, Hollywood went, oh, wait, we can make money from the nerds? Oh, they, oh, okay. They actually, oh, we can actually tell like heavy cinematic stories that not everybody just has to punch everybody. It's like, yeah, we can, you know, it, it's there. It's like, yeah, it's, it's very exciting. It's a very exciting time to be a uh, uh, a nerd. It's It's very exciting. Ah, uh, yes. And <laughs> <laughs> I have kept you for about an hour. So what are you currently working on? And then where can people connect with you? Yeah, so um, I'm currently, like, right now, between jobs, I've, I've just auditioned for a bunch of stuff. I'm on hold for something. Um, I was close on something else, uh, a Jason Alexander uh, project, which I was, it was between Ooh. myself and another actor. Oh, it was going to be good. Like, you know, I got to meet him in the room and the whole bit and he was just lovely. And my son, who's a huge Seinfeld fan, he's like, wait, you got to meet George. I'm like, yes, I didn't call him George because that would be inappropriate. But yes, <laughs> I got to meet, like, wow, you know, we, we record Seinfeld all day long. He, he just loves watching that. Um, uh, Altered Carbon, which is a, uh, a Netflix original series, which will be coming out, I believe later on in the year. Uh, I had a little run on that. Uh, that's that's going to be a wild, wild show. That's a really fantastic show to watch out for. Um, I had a bit of a, I had a, a a little bit of work on the Predator, the Shane um, Shane Black um, uh, film that was uh, being rebooted here in Vancouver. And uh, yeah, man, you know, listen, I'm just I'm just this character kind of working actor. I just uh, the auditions come in. I go out. I do my job. You know, they decide whether or not they want a little bit of David Lewis. If not, well, you know, that's okay. But who Um, doesn't love some David Lewis? Dude, I like every day I get up and I ask that question. And so far, I don't I haven't gotten the answer. So, yeah. yeah, uh, you know, I'm on Facebook and I'm on Twitter and and all that sort of stuff. I'm out there. I mean, uh, I kind of have a bit of a love hate relationship with with social media. I understand that it can be used for good. Um, you know, it's uh, also it can be totally sinestroed and, uh, and and used for evil as well. So it's, uh, <laughs> I, I you know, I I have a balance in there. But, um, yeah, man, I'm just, you know, I'm out there just kind of like living life and, and uh, uh, being, a, you know, a, a gently aging ginger. <laughs> That's a great way to put that. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, of course, all those links will be in the show notes if people want to give you a follow on social media. And yeah. then I told you it was coming. What is the parting advice you have for everybody listening to the podcast? I mean, you know, we've been talking about cliches and the whole bit. So I guess I'll go back to this one. Um, because nobody has 
actually uh, scientifically proven that there is anything other than what is right here. Perhaps there's a heaven and hell. Perhaps there's reincarnation. Perhaps there are, this is, you know, one step on many steps of the ladder. Until that's uh, scientifically proven, and I'm, uh, you know, I, I enjoy uh, a bit of science, like I think a lot of people do, I would say, this is your life. You got to live it. Don't, I mean, if you want to have fun and all that stuff, that's great. But it, complaining and fretting over shit that, you know, I remember working with this actress one time and, and she gave me this great thing that her parents used to say, would, which was, uh, don't small me. And what that meant was, don't sweat the small stuff. Just, just, just keep moving forward, man. Like you, you can, you can worry about all this sort of stuff. But when you're 80, like that was a great thing that I learned one time. I was sitting at a coffee shop and there was like this young guy talking to this this woman in her 80s, and he basically asked her, he's like, what, like what, 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 what is your advice on life? She's like, I wouldn't worry so much. I wouldn't. I, w- I wish I hadn't worried so much about stuff, and I wish I, I wish I'd taken more chances. It's so obvious. It's so obvious. But, you know, the voice in our head stops us from doing that at times. Um, uh, you know, I have to remind myself to, to take that advice as well. That's absolutely beautiful. Thank you so much for being here today. My uh, pleasure. Dude, I, I <laughs> um, we, my co-host Rachel, or my sometimes co-host, co-host Rachel, we just finished a countdown to Covenant where we were reviewing every one of the Alien series and next mm. we're considering doing all the Predator movies. Nice. So I may send you an email and have you back on when we get to the Predator. See what happens. <laughs> all right. <laughs> That'd be great. David, thank you again for giving me some of your time today. I absolutely appreciate it. Uh, until- now, do, you, do you guys go by Dumbbells and Dragons or just D-squared? <laughs> and we go by dumbbells and dragons. Okay, good. D squared it is. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> thank you so much for having me on. Uh, it's a pleasure. Uh, you know, boy, an actor that likes to talk about themselves. You, you never, you never uh, see that anymore. Yeah, right. <laughs> You're the first one that's ever enjoyed doing that. I'm so confused. <laughs> yeah. And to everyone out there listening, thank you so much for giving us part of your day today as well. Uh, we absolutely appreciate it. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that share button. And we will catch you on the next one. Workout nerd out. Thank you for listening to the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. Please leave us a review on iTunes as well as a rating. We would definitely appreciate it. And while you're at it, follow us on all social media at Dumbbells Dragon. That includes Pinterest. Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Periscope, and Snapchat. Until next time, work out, nerd out.